0: Roger Klein's Cancion Tequila presents College Hockey Southwest Weekly, brought to you by Bell Ford. See us at BellFord.com or visit the Arizona Ford Giant at 2401 West Bell Road in Phoenix. Verizon Wireless, this is the 5G America's been waiting for. By College Bar and Grill at 740 South Mill Avenue in Tempe. The ASU fans home away from home. Roger Klein's Tension Tequila Whether it's a margarita or one of our specialty recipes Roger Klein's is Arizona bread and ultra smooth Summer skates Personalized shower shoes or hoosies for yourself or the entire team Go to icetimehockeysw.com forward slash partners and order yours today Buy OxyPow Our chemical free line of cleaning products Gets the funk out of your equipment or office. By M-Drive. You're not too old. M-Drive. For energy, stamina, recovery. And by NCHC.TV and the NCHC. Subscribe to watch all of the action of the league's eight teams. Home of college hockey champions. Roger Klein's Cancion Tequila's College Hockey Southwest Weekly. Is part of the IceTimeHockeySW.com network. Here are your hosts, Scott Strandy and Paul Hornstein.
1: You are listening to College Hockey Southwest Weekly live.
2: All right, welcome in, college hockey fans. Anywhere that you may be listening to us live tonight on the Podbean app. As always, we are the Quad Pod of uh, hockey podcasts uh, from. Sunday to Wednesday, 7.30 p.m. Mountain Time. You can catch us live on the Podbean app. Tonight's show, College Hockey Southwest Weekly, presented by our friends at Roger Klein's Cancion Tequila. It's official. Cancion Tequila is now the new name from uh, Mexican Moonshine. So congratulations to everybody over at uh, Roger Klein's. And uh, you know what? The music's getting cranked up again. We're going to get Roger on shortly Uh, in the next couple of weeks and have him talk about Circus Mexicus and uh, give us a little shout out. So we're looking forward to that. Scott Strandy joining you from uh, Scottsdale, Arizona, getting back from uh, my trip to Vegas for a couple of days. And Paul Hornstein, my co-host as always, out on beautiful Long Island, New York, probably has all the workers, have all the yard work done now and the pavers put in and all that good stuff. And, And he's kicking back and relaxing. Paul, how are you?
3: uh kicking back and relaxing yeah okay (laughs) that's fine um you know hey uh uh, pavers and all that we ain't that fancy here we just have mulch (laughs) and a few brick and a few
2: bricks
3: (laughs) i love it how are you my friend oh we're doing okay i i I, I cannot complain Uh, i I mean i could but it would just be griping and nobody wants to hear that (laughs) anyway so we'll just go right past uh that
2: uh, we're going to jump right into Hockey Talk right off the get go because it's going to be our pleasure to welcome back to the show. Why are we talk about Christ- other things? Uh, Eddie Christian. Uh, from the Hockey Guys in Grand Forks, Fargo, War Road, anywhere uh, up in the the Great North. And uh, he's recovering because he was in Scottsdale, and we treated him to some Minnesota weather last weekend when he was here. So um, when we get Eddie on, we'll uh, we'll ask him how things are going after he got back. I think he took a red eye or something. It's like he had so much fun down here, he doesn't know when to quit.
3: Well, listen, he was smart. <laughs> he made sure you were he, – he... He, he he made sure that you were leaving before he invited you. This way, he, uh...
1: <laughs>
2: uh, yeah, absolutely. Well, there's lots of stuff going on in the hockey world. As we wait to uh, connect with Eddie. Um, we'll uh, we'll talk a little bit about what's happening. Um, this crazy AHL, and, and I know we're talking college hockey, so we'll get into that in just a minute. But. Um, uh, the the, uh, the craziness of the AHL playoffs. First of all, it's only the Pacific Division. Today they announced the finals, which we know we're going to be in Vegas. But I right. think I think the people in Vegas thought, okay, what's going to happen here is that um, we're going to have uh, the whole week off because the Golden Knights were going to win last night, and right. T-Mobile Arena be available, so we'll schedule the games for T-Mobile Arena. Um, then the Vegas Golden Knights lost, so now they go back tomorrow night to play in Minnesota. And should they lose again, they would have to come back on Friday night for a Game Seven. So this throws the whole thing into into flux. So right. what we do know is um, there will be a game tomorrow night at seven o'clock uh, between Bakersfield and uh, the Henderson Silver Knights. Listen, That'll I, I at...
3: this is listen, this is crazy, and <laughs> but and you know they do play. Every other day, so you could, and this is just me being crazy, schedule things on the days that the Wild and the Golden Knights are not playing.
2: Yeah. Well, here's the problem, though. It's a best of three, so yeah. and you can't. They don't want to play three games in a row, right? And and they have to have them complete completed by Saturday, so yeah. uh, so that means Wednesday, Thursday off possibly. Play right. Friday and Saturday, if needed, back to back. But you couldn't play Thursday, Friday, Saturday for a championship, no days off. Okay. So, so they're going to play Wednesday night. And yeah. If if Henderson loses, they're going to play Thursday night and take Friday off. Uh, if there is a game three, I mean, I don't know. The okay. whole thing is crazy. But uh, let, let, let's quit talking about. Let's bring on Eddie Christian because he's got a lot more stuff to talk about than we do. Eddie, my man, how are you? Scott and Paul with you tonight?
4: Hey guys, good to be back with you. Kind of nice that uh, things around here, blue sky and sunshine, are the same as they were in Phoenix.
3: <laughs> well, listen, you picked the right time to go, Eddie, because Scott wasn't there. I
4: reached, I reached out to him because I was no, I waiting know. for the uh, chance to have him take me down to uh, one of the finer dining <laughs> establishments within Tempe, but. I went on my own, Scott, without you.
2: <laughs> well, tell us, about, tell us about this red-eye flight coming back. I mean, you you got all of, of Phoenix and Tempe and Scottsdale in, and then you came back at night. That's the way to yeah, do it, I, right?
4: Yeah, I, had a ch- I, I could either go golfing or go sit down and watch three uh, NHL games. I chose to sit at Sky <laughs> Club and catch three games and then wait for the 105 and uh, hit Minneapolis at uh, – 6.15-ish and back in uh, the office today at 10.30, so life on the road. I have a son who just uh, spent a couple of years getting in, and he had to take a nap before he took the red eye, and he got off and told his mother he's going home to take a nap. I told me he needs to get a better attitude. <laughs> uh, or,
3: or, or just toughen up and be like us older guys and just suck it up and, and, and fight through it. <laughs>
4: Time time is lost if you don't enjoy, right, Paul? Yeah,
3: absolutely. Like, I'm just cranky that there's only two playoff games tonight instead of, like, the other night where there's five. Uh, what is this garbage?
4: One, one of them's a pretty good game. The other one looks like Toronto's going to take it.
3: Yeah, okay. I, I have my issues with that as much as uh, uh, I, I want to see Austin Matthews do well. Uh, I am uh, – uh, I have a, an elephant-like memory because – I see a, a Maple Leafs logo, and I think Lanny McDonald and 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 Darcy Tucker, and I, and I just want to. Uh,
4: I thought Lanny wore red. Um, not
3: in 1978, he didn't. You are old. <laughs> no kidding. <laughs> 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 I am uh, old, I not, duh. Uh,
2: <laughs> Eddie, I'm not nearly that old. I don't even remember 78.
4: Well, you didn't have you didn't have, you didn't have CBC where you lived and Paul and I did.
3: Right. Well, they were playing the Islanders. That's why.
4: Who? Oh. The
3: Islanders? You know They're where back. your nephew plays? They're back. I know. I know. I'm very happy about this.
4: Paul, I think it was 1987 Washington my brother Dave yeah, had a few open breaks, and they lost that, what was it, six overtime game, was it?
3: Uh, that was uh, four overtime games. Uh, that was the here-do-four known as the Easter Epic, and Glenn Healy made about 75 saves in that game. Uh, Glenn Mason made about 65, and Pat LaFontaine wins it on a turnaround slap shot. He, he couldn't even possibly have known where the net was. He was just throwing it at the net.
4: Hold on a second, Paul. What do you mean? Has the net ever moved from the end halfway yeah, between but he, the two sidewalls?
3: Well, no, it hasn't, but he was facing the other way. It just spun
4: around. I think LaFontaine knew which direction he was facing, and I think he knew where the net was. Well, okay. He was, yes, fortunate, I mean, enough say to, he was fortunate enough to hit what he didn't see, but he knew well, where the net was.
3: <laughs> okay, I'll, I, I'll give you that. But, That's why I couldn't so. play
4: goalie. I thought like you did. <laughs> Where's the net?
3: <laughs> yeah, well, listen, uh, Lord knows that uh, I never found it when I was playing roller hockey either. So, uh, and I was a forward. So,
4: first yeah. lesson I tell kids: if you play pipes, you hit them. So I would shoot for the white stuff. <laughs> I love it. Uh, Train your brain, right? Uh, uh, yeah, absolutely. Brain. Train your brain, absolutely. For sure.
2: Okay, so so this is college hockey a uh, college hockey Southwest weekly, but uh, we got to talk some NHL stuff and some different things going on. And um, so Eddie, give me your thoughts on this one first and foremost, I saw after the capitals were eliminated that TJ Oshie was going to go back to uh, where he grew up in the great Northwest. Well, you and I both know that he spent an awful lot of time in Northern Minnesota uh, playing hockey, but I, do we give him the great Northwest if that ever happens?
4: You know, he had an interesting comment today. That's, I think he and Ovi like each other. I think they want to be neighbors. He might retire. That was my take today.
2: Yeah, that's really? kind of what. That's what I heard too. I heard that same well, thing. That's why I wanted to get your comments. Oh,
4: he. Uh, you know, sometimes it's hard to go back home, and so I'm living in Moorhead, close enough, but not too close, right? Right. You
3: guys got me now. I I have to get. I have to break up the maps again? <laughs> Holy
4: smokes! But I think I think. Oh, she wants to stay on skates. I don't think he wants to go with Paul and play roller hockey out in the Kraken. <laughs> <laughs> I have
3: to find my skates. I used to have them until about three or four years ago. I still have my stick though.
2: Uh, okay, so that's the, that's the first thing I wanted to get out of here. The second thing is. Um, I know somebody from uh, from Minnesota, uh, he got chastised last night on the uh, Vegas broadcast because he said shinny hockey, and I said I said we need to teach people what shinny hockey is. So go ahead, tell everybody what shinny hockey is. Not the other word that they thought he said.
4: Well, I'm going to use and frame it with the suburb to the west. Roso had a shinny rink. <laughs> They had the north rink, sticks in the, sticks in the middle, sticks in the middle. We're playing shinny. That was, the, that was what you did. So I, I sent, uh, I sent Pat a little text tweet tonight. I, I sent out and I said, <clears throat> he said, nothing better than NHL hockey. I said, only shinny on tradition pond. That's my, my pond in the backyard. Where I keep my in. I got a couple of likes. I didn't know I was that popular. <laughs>
3: ah! Listen, what do you mean you, you didn't know?
4: <laughs> hey? The great part about shinny hockey is you don't have to wear shin pads. You don't it, have it, to. Nobody anybody. You don't have to, to. Oh, we checked. Yeah, we tripped. Really? We slashed. We hacked. We hooked. Yeah, I lost my <laughs> teeth playing shinny hockey. Really? Yeah. Well,
3: I can understand that. I guess.
4: Yeah, I shouldn't have <laughs> fallen down.
3: <laughs> uh, see, exactly. i would have never had that problem i couldn't stand up
4: yeah that's when you get worried when you're when you're on the ice you get a little worried
3: <laughs> okay so so you being in moorhead minnesota
2: uh tell us about this minnesota wild vegas golden knights uh see, everybody in vegas thought it was over last night and the wild showed that it wasn't over um you've seen plenty you've been involved in plenty but uh you got to play
4: to the end don't you you know, the amazing part about the game of hockey, you can outplay the other team and outshoot them 60 to 4. But yep. sometimes it only takes 3 out of 4 to go in and the other guy stops 60. And I thought last night watching the game, I thought for the most part the Wild were dominated, but they got to win.
3: Oh, see for a second there, I thought you were talking about the Islanders game last night.
4: That was similar game? <laughs> they were <laughs> oh, opportunistic. And uh, Pittsburgh just couldn't figure out how to score. And that's not normal for Pittsburgh.
3: Nope. And it's not normal for the Islanders
4: to give up that many shots either. Paul, you've watched this game a little bit. <laughs> yeah, I would suggest to, to you that the Islanders have finally built a team that that fits more of playoff hockey and oh, sure. the Wild haven't figured out how to do that yet. Well,
3: neither is Edmonton.
4: Edmonton got caught. They're pretty. They're pretty awesome. They're pretty flashy. They fly all over and everything's good until you don't get your goal to go in and your stick gets a little tight and you start trying a little harder and the harder you try, the worse you get. And Edmonton got worse.
3: Yeah. So, okay. I now mean, listen. Go ahead, Scott.
4: No, I was just going to say, so let's jump in and talk college hockey
2: because Eddie's probably going to fall asleep on us. He's been up all day and all night. Still <laughs> late here. <laughs> I hear you. Uh but we've been talking all summer, Eddie, about the different things going on in college hockey from uh, trying to, to restart things in Alaska to trying to get Huntsville into a conference to uh, Don Lucia restarting the CCHA. And I told you when I talked to you on the phone today that we got to talk about that because uh, Don Lucia at Colorado College and Notre Dame at uh, Minnesota um, now restarting the CCHA. So let's start right there. Just your thoughts on what's going on with the "Quote unquote," new CCHA.
4: You know, the new CCHA had Notre Dame join them. Lefty Smith coaching back in '83 when they left the WCHA and went out on their own. So that was that was really the start of the change in college hockey. And uh, you know, it's it's going to keep it's going to keep evolving. No question. There's there's new teams. There's an abundance of players. I think it's going to take a couple of years yet for the whole college hockey game to sort itself out. Obviously that the transfer portal stuff has slowed down a little bit now. Uh, you know, ultimately I think what's gonna come out in the college game is that I think the coaches are gonna to have to be sounds terrible, but the coaches may have to be more straightforward. I don't know that they can ever be honest because the game is recruiting, the game isn't playing players you recruit. So they now have to come in and say, Holy smokes if you know, if if things don't mesh with this player, then I'm not going to be their coach. And I think that's going to, I think that's going to transform college hockey. And I don't think that's a bad thing. I think it, uh, I think it may make the, the, the game for the players easier to play.
3: Eddie, let me ask you a question. It's, it's more of a overall situation. Uh, and, and as the newcomer here to the game uh, at the college level, Uh, when I first started kind of poking my nose around uh, the college game about 10 years ago, uh, maybe a little bit longer, before ASU had a program, uh, I always got the feeling that the the talk was that we have to take care of each other in this community because it's such a small one. Um, That doesn't seem to be the case anymore. Uh, Am am I misreading that, or is that – just an unfortunate set of circumstances where teams have been um, I don't want to say cut loose but uh, left outside looking in
4: yeah I, I think I think and when you look I mean if you take a look you know you, you came out of the you know the 60s 50s and 60s you had you had the, the, the M&Ms you had North Dakota you had Wisconsin you had the teams that were there and then it went in and you know for the for the most part the wcha and then hockey east were the two programs that kind of went at it and the rest are outside and now that tv and media and the coverage has expanded to the point that it is i i think you're obviously seeing the big 10 kind of took that same attitude i don't think it's changed i just think you now have more people with that same attitude so the big 10 is going to have that attitude Obviously, I think, you know, Lucia is going to take the CCHA and try to carve its niche into that attitude. The NCHC obviously has that attitude, and I think now what you are going to watch is, you know, with with as we shared last time we visited with hockey going what I think west, which is the biggest growth area, I mean, you take a look at population, you take a look at that whole dynamic, and then southeast, so... You know, ultimately you have room to have probably six or seven of those attitudes and each one of those programs should be probably ten teams deep and, and then college hockey is in a really good place I think
2: you know my thought Eddie uh, and I mentioned this to Paul and even on the show a few weeks ago is that uh, with Huntsville the battle that Huntsville did to just get their program back and to get it uh, somewhat stabilized for the next ten years or whatever their commitment is uh, and then to step away and suspend, suspend play because you can't get into a conference seems a little, uh, I don't know, wrong. Um, your thoughts on that?
4: No, I'm with you. Like I shared, I, I, I somewhere in here there's going to need to be a, you know, something that I'll, I'll throw out maybe somebody out of, you know, hock, hock, you know, Atlantic hockey says, you know, this is a great 11-team league, but why don't we go like the Big Ten and let's just get seven and get automatic qualifier at seven instead of 11? And I I think that, you know, the the game of hockey in the southeast at the East Coast Hockey League level and at the, you know, the youth levels and obviously club hockey is growing. So at some point, you know, I think you're aware that St. Louis is looking to add a team. So I think hockey can expand into that. You know St. Louis Southeast Market, unfortunately okay. for Huntsville. Now
2: I now now I gotta stop you two like I do everybody. Uh, Rick Zombo and Lindenwood are definitely going. Uh, I know they want to make their official announcement, but the ACHA commissioner told me during the ACHA Nationals that they're going to play a hybrid season uh, this year, and then they're going to go full uh, AC or uh, NCAA. Uh, and a lot of the guys are squawking. Uh, the other teams in the ACHA, Eddie, because they're going like, um, how is he allowed to recruit players to uh, come into an NCAA program and, and beat the heck out of us for a year?
4: <laughs> That's kind of what St. Thomas did, and now they're d one So he's he, if he's watching and paying attention to what they did, they built that program in football and hockey pretty rapidly. And by the way, uh, Rick is the hardest guy to catch up with, no matter
2: where you're at. If, I, if I'm like 10 feet from him, I needed a last two to try to catch him
4: does he does he say anything when he was a teammate he didn't say no. much. no he doesn't
2: say anything a matter of fact I chased him around at the a c h a nationals and uh even even his parents were trying to congratulate him after their first win and he was like gone so that's
4: <laughs> yeah, that's he, that's Zomer. yeah Good. exactly yeah he 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 fits in he he's not gonna aspire to be in the n h l like uh the guy that just got let go from Columbus.
3: <laughs> or Manhattan. Like the guy in Manhattan did.
4: Yes, exactly. <laughs> well.
3: <laughs> After he did a
4: great job with the group of yeah. young players, Paul.
3: Yeah, that's. I mean, that was crazy. I mean, yeah. Um,
4: it may be time for him to go back to college hockey. You're, you you can be a lifer there, right?
3: Well, you know, I always wonder about a college coach that says, I'm going to go try and be a coach in the National Hockey League. I know there have been successful guys, but um, I, it just – it always seems odd to me that the guy that's got uh, some job security is going to take a, what really would amount to a less secure job. Listen, does every – player want to get to the nhl yes and i understand that mentality and i do kind of i do understand the coaching mentality but uh it, it just seems to me if you're in certain spots uh, that why would you leave those spots like i mean there are going to be rumors now every year that uh, greg carville is gonna is gonna leave or they're somebody's gonna try and contact him to go coach in the nhl and i'm like. Why would he ever leave UMass? He's, yeah, Scotty, he's the
4: icon. Scotty Scotty Sandlin's in that boat. You know, you take a look at what he did. Obviously, there were teams that were talking with or to him. But again, I don't, I don't, I don't see him fitting that style. But maybe someday he'll do it when he's ready to be done with college hockey. But he's got a lot he can do to help help players improve. And I got to believe when you're coaching, it's all it's all most of them. I think. Take a group of players and try to improve them, and I mean, you're watching. I think take a look at Washington, and I think Trosch just shows up and does the right things with the right group, and gets the right commitment level, and has success. So, some some fun some fun similarities between those that win in the NHL and college coaches that have a winning a winning uh, program year after year.
3: Yeah, I don't. Go ahead, Paul. No, I'm gonna say I, that's that's why I like I said I I get I get the stars in the eyes, but uh, you know I always I, there is something to being a bigger fish in a smaller pond. So at least that's in in my eyes. Um, like I said, I this, especially <laughs> if, you're, if you're the icon.
4: Yeah, I was happy with squirt hockey because that's where players want to play the game, and after that, they have to. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, so
2: i got to ask you one more. Uh, We had Rico Blasi on a couple of weeks ago, and uh, he's gung-ho about St. Thomas. Um, Your thoughts on having, what, now six NCAA hockey teams in the state of Minnesota? How's it all going to shake out?
4: Well, obviously they kind of gave a peek last year that with all the stuff that goes on and everybody thinks they have the greatest players and you have a program that kind of can take whoever they want. They were watching from the outside, so again, I'll go back. Developing players, developing talent, developing team. Uh, he, he's going to have an opportunity for kids that want to stay at home and play in their backyard. I think the goal for I, – I think I've shared with folks that the kids that go the farthest from home get the most ice time. So he, he may be in a difficult spot trying to stay in, stay in that – St. Thomas, I believe, is going to want to stay pretty close to home for their players, and uh, we'll see how that works out.
3: Uh, here's a question that, that, that always intrigued me, um, and this has to do with the other side of the Minnesota border over there in, in, uh, in the green and white territory. Uh, with the success that North Dakota has always had, why has not one of the other schools there, well, I mean, I guess basically we're talking North Dakota State or 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 what have you. Why has a second program not popped up there?
4: You no, know, that's all on your administration and it's all on your alumni and obviously NDSU is a football school. Right. They're a, an unbelievable, you know, track school. They've had unbelievable success in basketball. Um, but yet I would suggest to you that as North Dakota has moved into D one, they're starting to have some success, and uh, you know, I, I think a lot of that has to do with, you know, for the most part, North Dakota has stayed, other than a couple of New Yorkers once in a while or a mask, they've stayed pretty, pretty true to, to what I would call the you know the prairie the flats you know, mm-hmm. and, you know the BC, the BC guys like to get. They, they see uh, Grand Forks as a city. I'm still trying to figure out how they get sold on that one. but <laughs> I think well, they I mean... tell them that we play in New York. <laughs> we play in Boston. <laughs> we play in Nashville. We play in Vegas. And yeah, they think, yeah, holy yeah. smokes, we're going pro.
2: Yeah, you absolutely do.
4: <laughs>
2: All right, I, I got to ask you this one before we let you go, because um, <laughs> I shared it with Paul, but... Your neighbors uh, to the west in Roseau uh, shared uh, the Yawns and Headlands had a uh, dual cake with a gopher and uh, a Sioux on it uh, celebrating the graduation. But I don't know if you saw that picture or not on Twitter, but um, how does that go over?
4: You know, I will share with you that there's some pretty good rivalries, and I think if you went to the rink, the team that's winning, if it's, if it's the Sioux, the, then the jerseys get pulled out of the closet and they wear those, and that may include Billy Young. <laughs> Billy was obviously a golfer. Right. And his son went to uh, yep. North Dakota, and you mentioned yep. Headland, and we can go through the list, you know. Uh, yep. Gersich, who played at North Dakota, his dad was at Minnesota. You know, and I will go back. My son, Jordy, uh, was with Dean Blaze, probably headed to North Dakota, and then Mr. Blaze was gone, and he ended up at St. Cloud State. So, the, the that that coach-player, but in the context of uh, Rosso's always been split. You know the Harrises go way back.
2: Oh yeah, and,
4: and then of course Warrod had uh, a couple that went to Minnesota. Um, I'm trying to remember if any of them ever won championships. They don't brag about it much. But for those of us that went to the Sioux, we want them, and then we just kind of smile and ask them what they did when they're at Minnesota.
3: I love this. This is great. Um, I'm, I am all for this kind of talk, uh, especially since I have to deal with all the Minnesota talk every week on this program, or usually, anyway. Yeah, I told
4: Scotty, I I wish the commissioner luck. It seemed like when he played in the CCHA, uh, lefty, what was it, three years later, they left that league because they couldn't win anymore. So they went to to the CCHA and left the WCHA. So I'll have to ask ask him what he's going to do if they can't win. and
2: And I told you what Paul said when I said he couldn't come on the show tonight because he was traveling. Paul said, I thought they started that league so there'd be no travel.
4: Yeah. Yeah. A, a a bus league with prima donnas. Go figure that one out, right? It's kinda of like the golfers today that
3: <laughs> well, Somebody honest.
4: said somebody said, Phil won. I said, I'm gonna stay, I'm gonna go downtown and see if he shows up somewhere here because he's gonna be on this private jet and leaving there as quick as he can get out of town.
3: Well, listen, I, I have to stick up for my fellow Sun Devil, so don't be don't be trashing on Phil Mickelson.
4: Oh, I wasn't trashing on him. I was hoping I was gonna be able to have him come back and do a little celebrating with him. Oh, that's all right. That's
3: fine. you have to ask Scott about that. He, he, he goes in those circles. I don't have anything to do. You know, those are, that's not my air. I, you know, I'm just, I'm just a commoner here. You know, it's, I just, it's,
4: uh, it's always fun to watch a guy school the young guys. Right. Cause yeah. I, I thought the best part of that whole thing was, is there's been a pretty big focus on guys that have changed their body. Yeah. I'm not so sure that anybody's been as effective at going from what <laughs> Phil was to what he is today. Daily went the other way. Uh, yeah, <laughs>
0: well,
2: well. <laughs> let, let, me, let me tell you a full circle thing, Eddie. Uh, when I first moved to Arizona in 1990, I was at TPC practicing and playing uh, to try to start my career, and uh, there was probably 40 uh, tour players that either mini-tour or PGA players that would come out. And every Tuesday there was a skins game, and then this skinny kid from San Diego would wander over at seventeen, maybe eighteen, and he made more money in the skins game on Tuesday than uh, his scholarship was worth.
4: <laughs> and now it's coming back. He can do that now legally. Back then he wasn't supposed to. He was supposed to report all that, wasn't he?
2: Oh, uh, <laughs> uh, probably.
4: Kind <laughs> of like meal money and Gino.
3: Yeah. Exactly.
4: <laughs> Nobody talked about it. <laughs>
3: hey, I. I are are we running out of time here? Because I do have one question, uh, and I'll get Scott's as long as thoughts as on long this as if Eddie's he remembers. Awake, we got another twenty eight minutes, so. <laughs> oh, all right. I mean, listen. I don't know. Uh, don't
4: I, tell Paul he has twenty eight minutes. It'll take him forty six to think up a question.
3: No, 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 no. I just <laughs> I, I was telling Scott before the show that this is kind of got a bunch of anniversary bits connected to this year. Um, this is coming up the fiftieth. Anniversary of the original birth of the CCHA, which included St. Louis university in it, by the way. Um, and they were pretty good there for a while. Uh, it's also just past the 30th year of Northern Michigan's win over BU in the championship game. Uh, that was an eight, seven game and featured, uh, three BU goals in the last seven minutes of the game. Um, and I and I and I looked at it and I'm like, wow, why don't I not why do I not really know about this game? What do you remember about that game, if anything at all, Eddie?
4: Yeah, I, I don't you see the clips of it, you see the flashbacks, you see the you know, the coaches that were in the game at time at that time. I would refer to them probably as all legends. You know, they, right they, that was that was just an amazing and, and the world that I was fortunate enough to grow up in in world. Most of those coaches came through the men's senior league team after college, so kind of kept you close. But, you know, as a nine-year-old and you're busy playing word uh, okay. hockey, college was a long stretch away. So it, when you took, took a look at that, it just didn't have, you know, as much media and attention on it as it does now. So I remember seeing, you know, some of the clips and the highlights and, you know, one of the, like you said, three-goal comeback eight, seven game. Those, those games are, are very rare now.
3: Yeah. So I like
4: the, the game has became a little bit different and maybe at times a little bit overcoached. but yeah, it would be fun to, to, to go back and be able to remember that because it had to be an exciting, exciting game to watch.
3: Well, they do. The, the YouTube clip does say that the, the, the biggest goal you've never heard of. So, um, and I was nowhere near that world at that time. So that's why I, I, I took a shot. And, and when I see some of the, the names that were on that BU team, Tony Amati, Scott Lachance was on that team, and there were a couple of first-round picks. Um, the only name I recognize off the, the Northern Michigan squad is Dallas Drake. So, um,
4: Well, then, then we're not going back that far because Delhi Drake is quite a bit younger than I am. In fact, I pulled a hat out of my closet the other day, a gentleman stopped by, and he's kind of a sports guy collector. And I said, "Here's a America stick hat with Dally Drake and uh, and uh, Detroit uh, Eddie. Eddie. Uh, oh, I did a, a a summer little outing with them up at Marquette, Michigan, in 1993. So, if oh. we're talking college hockey, now now we're not going to go back 50 years. We might go back. Got to be careful here. We probably go back thirty years. <laughs>
3: I was just curious, like I said, because I just literally saw that clip as I was kind of combing through. Because they, Northern Michigan, announced their schedule today, so I was just kind of looking up, and I'm like, wait, what is this?
4: Yep. Three overtime's uh, eight seven. Yeah, Eddie Ward. Eddie Ward was uh, the other. They both played for Detroit. So uh, yeah, they both. I think both of them would have been around that around that game. And then I'm not so sure that that time with with uh, Northern Michigan, if uh, there might have been a woog on that. Was there a woog on that team, Scott?
2: Or there might have been. One of Doug's yep. kids that
4: played about yep. that era?
2: So Dan, Danny, maybe? I, I'm not sure which one. One of them was, was there, though, I believe. So yeah, see. Th-
4: that's when, Paul, you said earlier how it comes around and how small the game is. Maybe that's what we're talking about.
2: Okay, I want to throw something back, too, because I saw it on Twitter uh, uh, I saw a picture the other day of the, the old factory, the old stick factory. And boy, did that bring back memories because I can remember going through there with, uh, and taking the tour every time I brought a team up there as a, as a kid. Uh, it was a lot of fun. So, your thoughts on, on just the, or not thoughts, the memories of the old stick factory?
4: For me, it was slave labor. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I've got every single knuckle on my hands that I can show you, and I can probably tell you where the blood stain is on the wall inside the building. Uh, uh,
2: the, the best part of it, Eddie, was seeing everybody's curve, right? And I can't imagine the painstakingness it must have been to create that curve over and over again, you know, years ago.
4: It it was it was, a, it was a, a an art, a skill, and uh, there weren't many people that could do that, Uncle Roger. My That's dad,
2: nice. yeah. and
4: then uh, Doug. Doug was on that on the on the curving stand because all it was was two steel four inch pipes. Scott, as you remember.
2: Yes, I do. And they
4: tried okay. they tried automating that a couple of different times when I was in in my summer job, and it it just didn't. You know, the automated machines then didn't sense the wood because wood is uh tougher than steel to work with and you know, based on the moisture content and the grain pattern and all that, so it it really did take a, in essence, a human touch. And you know, people look at, at Doug and they'd say, "Well, how do you get them all the same?" He said, "The same as the guys that plays with it. He looks at his stick and he figures out one's curved more than the other." He said, "I just wanted to make sure if I looked at his dozen, they were all the same, that he wouldn't complain."
3: <laughs> <laughs> I and, love and, Okay, that's
4: that's the skill to the art, right?
3: And that's Absolutely. tough, right? Because they just came out with a story, and this is just – it's not hockey, but that you they make baseball – you know, when they're making baseball bats, they can make them the exact size and and weight or technically from the same machine and, and make them the, quote-unquote, same dimensions and, and measurements, and they're not the same.
4: No. No. Nope. They might be the same in weight. They might be the same in in size. They might be able to do all that, and by doing that, I think they're corn out the, the top. But – when you take a look at some wood is tight grain and some is a little bit open grain and some has a little pitch and some has a lot of pitch. So in the, in, in that whole concept, I don't know that you can find two wood bats that are the same.
2: Yeah, I totally agree. Okay, two to end it on. Number one, tell us uh, what you think of the upcoming uh, roster for your fighting Sioux. Yeah, I'm going to say Sue. I'm always going to say that. Uh, I got the head jersey here, so I can say it. Um, and secondly, is give us your pick on the Stanley Cup.
4: You know, the Stanley Cup's going to be interesting. I've had my boys, and we had a, one of them for the weekend as we went kind of there. Uh, I, I, I'm going to sit and let you know that I think that Colorado is looking very, very good. And uh, in the east, I think it's going to be tough to get through Boston. They just have a playoff mentality presently. And I, I would probably, that would probably be where I would go into final and that would, that would be a great final.
2: You know, I said, and I said this with the Golden Knights uh, people, Eddie, I said uh, that game that they lost about three, four weeks ago now, when it was a Monday night and the winner take all home ice and the president's trophy with Colorado. And they just didn't have the fire to get that done. And I I said, you know what? That that might be the downfall because that home ice is going to matter, and now we're going to find out that the Golden Knights are going to be playing another game at least, and uh, the Avalanche are sitting at home waiting for them.
4: And after the way Winnipeg took care of uh, of Edmonton, uh, that that will be that will be in play.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so you're fighting Sue. Uh, the new roster coming in. What do you like about it? Uh, what do you know about it?
4: You know. I I don't spend a lot of time questioning uh, Brad Berry because Brad Berry's going to put the right guys in the right place at the right time for the betterment of all. So he's figured out exactly how to build a team. And uh, he's going to have a little bit of a, maybe a little bit of a early start trying to just figure out who his new leadership group is. He's got some good leaders that are coming back, but... He had a pretty uh, amazing group of seniors, and uh, that cycles through once every you know every once in a while. And I, I sense that he's going to probably try to find the young guys that can probably be as as team orientated as the group that uh, graduated was.
3: Well, listen, you guys get CBC up there as as you mentioned before. Uh, you guys are going to have to look to get a lot of Ottawa Senators games because I think half of this year's <laughs> roster. From North Dakota is going to be on the Senators next year, so it'll and be a like of, uh,
4: a couple of them stepped in and played well, Paul.
3: Yeah, no, no doubt, no doubt. Uh, I think one of the Long Island guys was one of them, but that's yeah, just...
4: <laughs> yeah. He could have a good career. He might be okay. He should have a good career. <laughs> All right. Well, Paul, I, I do pay attention to the Islanders, so uh, you know their their uh, their their series against Pittsburgh and. You know the longer that goes, obviously, Boston's sitting there, kind of smiling because they're done with theirs. <laughs> <laughs>
3: it's yeah, the well, playoffs. Uh, listen, I I, I I'll will steal games any way I can get them, and I'll worry about the Bruins if the Islanders can win one of these next two games. Uh, I'll take it from there. So I, I can't. I the Bruins are not even on my radar right now. <laughs>
4: Well, thanks for letting uh, me sit in, Scott. Paul, yeah. Anytime.
2: No, thank Enjoy you. Enjoy visiting and, uh, with you guys. Get back to work now because you got a wedding. When's that wedding coming
4: up? Uh, we got we got a wedding in August, but in between, uh, last week we added two twin identical grandsons down in Austin, Texas. On that.
2: Congratulations. So uh, we've got to
4: get those guys up north because Brian's got one labeled as a D-man and one as a forward. So
2: <laughs> I love it. I love it. All right, Eddie Christian, thanks so much for joining us. Get some sleep. That's uh, that's a heck of a schedule you've been on. <laughs>
4: Appreciate thanks, it. Thanks for, thanks for letting me uh, call in and uh, spend a few minutes with you. Anytime, Anytime
2: my friend. All, All right, right, take care. That's Eddie Christian, former UND uh, Fighting Sioux. Yes, I can say it. And uh, a, a part of the Hockey Guys in Grand Forks, Fargo-Moorhead area in uh, North Dakota, Minnesota. So we thank uh, Eddie for coming on and spending some time with us. We're going to take a quick break, come right back, and Paul and I will uh, begin to wrap up another episode of College Hockey Southwest Weekly uh, in two minutes.
1: If you live in the valley, you know that there is no shortage of great Mexican food. But if you want authentic taste with a fair price and relaxed atmosphere, then head to Burrito Express. From the breakfast burritos served all day to combination plates for lunch, Burrito Express delivers that homemade taste you would expect from your own kitchen. Try all of our authentic Mexican recipes at any of our six East Valley locations, from Scottsdale to Gilbert and all points in between. ASU alumni owned and operated since 1995. Go to burritoexpress.com and check out our menu, or find a location to order for fast pickup or delivery. The nation's top teams, America's
0: number one conference is back. See every
1: play, every hit, every goal on
2: nchc.tv. Your home for more than 100 live games. Stream anywhere from the start of the season leading up to the frozen face-off.
0: If it's NCHC hockey, it's on nchc.tv. smoked chicken or the fall off the bone baby back ribs
1: jesse ray's barbecue has been voted the best barbecue in las vegas two years running so whether it's a midday meal or a pregame feast head to jesse ray's barbecue for all their award-winning tastes at the heart of any good cocktail is the quality of the spirit used and if you want to make the best margaritas or if you just want a straight shot at the best tasting tequila then Roger Klein's Canción tequila is the brand for you. Award-winning Roger Klein's Canción tequila has the taste you want to make perfectly blended cocktails, whether you're celebrating an overtime game winner with friends or relaxing by the pool after a long work day. Find your bottle, be it in Arizona or elsewhere in the US. Visit us at mexicanmoonshine.com Roger Klein's Canción tequila award-winning taste since 2011.
2: All right, we're back. College Hockey Southwest Weekly, presented by Roger Klein's Can't See Own Tequila, Scott Strandy in Scottsdale, Arizona, tonight, and my co host, Paul Hornstein, out on beautiful Long Island, New York. Uh, Paul, uh, you know the drill after we I have do. A guest on. I always want to get your, uh, your thoughts on uh, our visit with Eddie Christian and uh, his immense knowledge of all kinds of hockey, all kinds of everything. The guy just knows a lot about everything.
3: Well, you, you, uh, you know, one day he'll come out and, and just, you know, say what's on his mind instead of being shy and reserved and, and <laughs> keeping his opinions to himself. So when that happens, we'll be right there. Don't worry about it.
2: Yeah, he's, uh, he's one of the best. Um, he, uh, just to follow up, he was out here this weekend for uh, his son-in-law's bachelor party uh, and uh, they came out to uh, to Arizona. He was here, I think he got here Thursday night, Friday night, and was here Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, and then um, spent nine hours in the airport watching nine hours worth of hockey before he Just caught smart, a man. 105 a.m. flight back to uh, to Minnesota. So, yeah, it's. Uh, I appreciate him coming on. I, I reached oh, out to him sure. today, and I thought, I don't know if he'll want to do it or not based on that, but what a trooper. He's from out. He'll uh, he'll always do that. So. Okay. Well, I can I can,
3: he... I can I see that now because I actually pulled it up the map. <laughs> uh,
2: Where, uh,
3: I, I mean, it might take that... me a second or two to to figure see out. that big lake on the uh,
2: big lake up on the very top of the state of Minnesota. Yeah, you. Called Lake of the Woods, the one
3: that's basically Canada.
2: Yeah.
3: Yep. Yeah. Uh, he's right there, and those yeah, uh, is about
2: twenty miles to the uh, west.
3: Is it really only twenty miles? Because the map I'm on it makes it look longer than that. But okay,
2: nah, it it might not even be twenty miles. <laughs> I don't remember now. It's not far though. I can tell you that.
3: Uh, <laughs> it's not far from Canada either.
2: No, no, no. Uh, you could you could easily get into Canada way back when. Um, there are stories, but I'm not going to go on the air and tell them right now.
3: <laughs> well, no, it's just I, I I get I get I, it, I get amused by the fact that when i look at a map and there are you know only there are certain places in this country you can where where people in canada have to say i gotta go north to go into the states or uh people from from the u.s i mean, it just that's just nuts that's
4: that's
3: just you know uh, there are people the it's just that's the way the border breaks down but it just looks funny
2: yeah i hear you uh yeah, and, and like you said, he's. Uh, it's always fun to have him on because you don't realize his dad, his brother, his uncle, <laughs> and you go down the list of all the all the gold medals that are gold, silver, bronze, whatever, that are hanging in the Christian uh, area. And uh, then you think yeah, listen, the it's, hockey it's, just, sticks. I mean, it's just
3: hockey royalty, that's all. I mean, that's just the yeah. easiest way to say it. it's just hockey royalty. Uh, uh, yeah, so, without a doubt. Okay,
2: yeah. so uh, tell us what's going on in the world of college hockey.
3: Well, listen. There's Northern Michigan announced their schedule today, uh, and the reason I got into that whole bit about the their national championship season is because this is the 30th anniversary of that season, and they scheduled BU, which I have a buddy that a BU alum. I also have a good friend that's a BC alum, so I try to keep those guys apart uh, in my uh, conversations. Um, And, you know, they're going to actually, like I said, they're going to play. Uh, You have uh, Spencer Knight uh, from BC who went to uh, who apparently was the first goalie to go from playing in college to the NHL playoffs. So that's that was an interesting little tidbit, Um, you know, and, and the rumors are starting to go around about Rico Blasi making sure he gets Minnesota connections on his coaching staff. Uh, not that anybody would be shocked by that. Um, you know, we have to kind of comb the schedule as we try to figure out, uh, you know, who's playing who. And it leaks out like little bits and pieces and bits and pieces. <laughs> and, you know, so. Yeah, I saw the bull
2: bug schedule come out. Uh, so I, I saved that one uh, for obvious reasons. But, uh, you know, the NCHC schedule uh, was out early uh yeah that's as far just the, conference the composite schedule. conference yeah the, yeah the composite conference one and we knew that was going to be a gauntlet but now when you see these teams filling in with what they're going to do um you know not only holiday time but what they're going to do before, prior to the start of the conference schedule is about a month uh they'll have some different games there so it's going to be interesting i think we're both waiting to see that asu schedule officially so we can see what's going on there because uh, you mentioned it before, uh, 20 home games, 16 road games. Yeah. Uh, yep. It's going to be incredible. So there's going to be a lot of hockey coming up. Um, Eddie certainly knows uh, college hockey well. He certainly knows professional hockey well. Um, but there's just so many things in the college hockey game that have changed. And I thought you brought up yeah. a good point when you said, I thought they were going to you know, take care of each other. And that's uh, it, right now kind of strained, I would think, right, with uh, – What's well, listen. What's happened listen, in Alaska? And what's for, happened with uh, Huntsville?
3: First of all, we have to we have to take a step back, and uh, you know, my comments like that are the emotional comments. Uh, we know the reality of it is is that college sports is a business, and you know, m- more and more decisions are obviously made based on, or most decisions. In reality, are based on the financial situation, um, and we can There's 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 nothing anybody can do about that. Uh, I did kind of get an update on the on the uh, Alaska situation. They are up around the two point two five million mark, with about three months to go. Uh, Seattle Kraken uh, CEO Todd Lewicki. Was up in Anchorage this past week, uh, shaking hands and and taking some names and and, and doing that kind of stuff to uh, help push the fundraising drive uh, to its goal of three million. Uh, the words that are getting used up there are cautious optimism. Uh, I, I think it probably, uh, like I said, with three months to go, uh, if if like Wiki is up there. Twisting some arms. I mean, I think that's a positive sign because I'm not sure he would do that if they didn't think they were going to make it. Right. Yeah. Totally agree um, with you. You know, uh, let's face. I mean, he obviously the, his number one priority is to is, is is marketing his own team. Yeah. Because that's yeah. because that's considered now uh, Seattle Kraken territory. So uh, while we understand that, um, but. You know, I think it's incumbent on the NHL as much as possible. And once again, we're talking about business decisions. okay? to have as much influence on 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 as they possibly can uh, in a positive manner to grow the game on college hockey and women's hockey. At the professional level, obviously women's college hockey, too. But uh, that's my opinion that it's incumbent on the NHL and because they are, in the end, the grand stewards of the game because they are the best league in the world and they are uh, the people with the, the biggest candle and the biggest light to shine on things. So, um, you know, and if they can help uh, keep the game going and keep the game growing... Uh, and, and save a few uh, spots to play at the same time, uh, then they really do need to do that. Okay? Um, you know, I don't think Lindenwood would be happening if 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 the Blues didn't build their practice facility and built it in a manner with the ability to host uh, NCAA level games. So. Uh, that's kind of uh the the stuff that i'm talking about where they have to be stewards of the game because as as much money as the owners have the owners are not going to be around forever either
2: no but but let me tell you this also um i think the the hockey world is starting to come around again from the pandemic uh they're starting to hire people back there you know there was eleven thousand people actually twelve thousand one hundred and fifty six. I think I was told, in uh, T-Mobile last night. So uh, I think that's starting to come around. And you talk about stewards of the game. Um, part of the commitment to getting a new franchise is that you have to grow and build so many ice sheets in your uh, in your area. And uh, Bill Foley has certainly done that. Uh, two at City National, two at Henderson that I was at today. Uh, the other one in Henderson is that 6,000-seat uh, building that's already got a roof. Um, and they're working inside, uh, and then two more scheduled for South Vegas. So in a very short period of time, he's made a difference. I think now that's going to be the roadmap for, for future teams. And I think the Kraken will have to try to live up to that, uh, so to speak.
3: Well, it, it, it definitely needs to be something that, uh, all of the teams focus on as much as they possibly can, especially in those quote-unquote non-traditional markets. I mean, uh, you know, can the, we still the say Buffalo...
2: That? Can, we, can we still say yeah. that, that non-traditional well, is ha-
3: traditional now? I, I, I don't know. How do you separate... I mean, let's face it. As uh, is, is successful as the Golden Knights are, um, it's not Buffalo in the winter.
2: <laughs> True. <laughs> it's a good point.
3: Okay. Okay. Uh, um, uh, and I'm sure the people in Vegas are there because it's not Buffalo in the winter, uh, <laughs> but that's another conversation for another day. Um, you know, and let's face it, uh, the, the folks east of the Mississippi had a little bit of a head start in playing the game uh, and having the right conditions to, to, to play um, before they did on the other side of the Mississippi. So,
2: yeah, and the other thing, you, you know, people talk about ice is still ice everywhere that you go. I mean, uh, some of the coldest rinks, Oceanside, for example, uh, even today over at Lifeguard uh, in Henderson when I was there for the practice, that was cold in there. Uh, T-Mobile has been cold, even with fans. So uh, that theory that you can't have good ice in, uh, in warm weather, I think, it's just has just gone out the window. The technology has improved so much. Right. Well, that's
3: what I was going to say. That, that is also a product of technology. Um, and, uh, you know, I've watched many playoff games. And one of the first things I looked for in that first year of the Golden Knights uh, was when I did see games from Vegas, how fast the ice was uh, when they first opened up T-Mobile Arena. And then I was very curious to see how it would play out in the playoffs. And it was just as good. So, um, I, I don't think anything beats Edmonton for their ice conditions.
2: Never will either.
3: Um, <laughs> you just can't read. You just can't recreate that environment. Well, but even during the warmer, like, well, up until yesterday, um, the ice conditions in Edmonton are, are still, uh, as good as you can get. Um, part of that has to do with humidity as well. Um, but uh, that was one of the things that really, really impressed me about the T-Mobile when they opened it up was how good the ice was, not just during the season, but in the postseason as well. Because all uh, the way into June, my friend. Yeah, that's when you know that's when your ice uh, making and your ice uh, conditions uh, need to be at its optimal and. Uh, it passed in flying colors. Yep, absolutely. Okay,
2: we'll uh, we'll let you wrap it up, and uh, we'll tell everybody to come back and join us tomorrow for Club Hockey Southwest Weekly. Big shout out to uh, to last night, my uh, my new teammate, our new teammate, and our new national sales director, uh, Rob. Did a fantastic job. I only got. Roth Farb screwed up one time. So that's pretty good for me,
3: right? Well, he's already screwed up, so he doesn't really need help. <laughs> yeah. So, Oh, you're talking about uh, saying his name. Uh, sorry about yeah. that. Yeah. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I, um, I knew that was a dig
2: cover. Folks, if you don't know, these two were digging at each other through the whole podcast last night. It was fun. Uh, but we're glad to have Rob on board. We're, uh, if you need any uh, opportunity to jump on board with us, certainly you'll be able to reach out to him, and we'll give you all the information coming up this week by the way that was it, it it was a little more than an hour <laughs> i bet it was it was well, only an hour on the podcast it spread oh, okay. around it okay uh, well yeah,
3: it's kind of we, we it's kind of been like 30 years around it but that's neither here <laughs> nor there Roger <laughs> klein's cancion tequila has presented college hockey southwest weekly brought to you by verizon wireless the 5g and 5g ultra band for business that america's been waiting for Roger Klein's Cancy-owned Tequila, ultra-smooth, Arizona-owned. Go to mexicanmoonshine.com and try our original cocktail recipes. Buy summer skates. Play on the ice. It's heating up. So is the weather. Makes more important to keep those drinks cold. Get your personalized koozies and shower shoes. Go to icetimehockeysw.com slash partners and click on the summer skates banner. Behind the mask and its three valley locations, in line or on ice, we are the go-to place for all of your hockey needs. See us at BehindTheMask.com. Buy OxyPow. Visit our full line of natural cleaning products at OxyPow.com. Buy Burrito Express. Our family recipes to your table. The place in the East Valley for great taste and great value. Buy M-Drive, presenting partner of What Drives You. M-Drive in the morning, relax at night. Our two-step system for energy, stamina, recovery. By College Bar and Grill in Tempe. By ASU fans, for ASU fans. And by the NCHC and nchc.tv. History, Blue Bloods, Upstarts, the NCHC has it. And nchc.tv has you covered. Go to nchc.tv and subscribe. Roger Kleins, Cancio Tequila's College Hockey Southwest Weekly and all of the Ice Time Hockey SW podcasts are live every week on the Podbean app. Available for download at the iTunes Store. Podbean, the Google Play Store, Spotify, Stitcher, the iHeartRadio app, and on the TuneIn app. Ask Alexa to turn on your ITHSW podcast. College Hockey Southwest Weekly, presented by Roger Klein's and Tequila, is part of the Ice Time Hockey SW.com network.
2: Uh, very well done, my friend. We will say good night, and we'll say a big thank you to Eddie Christian uh, from the uh, Hockey Guys, the uh, radio show in Fargo-Moorhead, as well as a former UND hockey star, and uh, from the famous Christian family up in Warroad, Minnesota, for joining us tonight. I know we had to do it on short notice, and I always appreciate that. And, uh, Paul, thanks for all your insight. We'll look forward to a great Sunday night show on College Hockey Southwest Live.
3: All right, we'll see you Sunday.
2: Good night, everybody.